Welcome to the Under 8 Podcast, a daily college basketball show brought to you every weekday in under eight minutes. At the time of recording, it is Monday, November 27th at 9.51 p.m. My name is Josh Mullinex. On today's pod, a new number one in this week's AP poll, Xavier Falls to Oakland, and Boo Booey does his thing for the 5-1 and one Northwestern Wildcats. It's all right now on the Under 8 Podcast. Josh Doring is here with me, per usual. Josh, welcome in. Last week I told you, maybe it wasn't you, but last week it was pretty clear that whoever walked away with a win in Maui was more than likely going to be the number one team in this week's AP poll. It's a non-conference multi-team event, so of course it was the Purdue Boilermakers who win it. And for some reason, I don't have all 63 voters voting for Purdue number one, but... We're splitting hairs there. The Boilermakers, number one in this week's AP poll. Yeah, I don't know what else they have to do to earn the top spot. I mean, they just went through about as tough of a schedule as you could get in the toughest tournament. Mm -hmm. They were number two to start. Number one didn't get to the championship game of said tournament. Yeah, this was always going to happen. There was no other option. Whether you think they're going to win the NCAA tournament or not, they've been the most impressive team in the country so far for my money. So would have had him number one, no doubt about it. Yeah, the only, it, it might just be one of those things where and AP voters need to see them do something they can't do in November, right. which is play in March. Right. And so it might just be... It might just be that and, and and nothing more. Oklahoma, Illinois, Colorado State, BYU, Villanova back in the top 25 after their uh, win down at the Battle for Atlantis. Florida Atlantic jumping six spots after uh, a pretty dominant performance at the ESPN Events Invitational. But it might be who's not on this list uh, after last week that is the most interesting. Yeah. I I know Jimmy Dykes was talking about this during the Villanova-Memphis game, and I agree. I don't care that Memphis lost that game pretty handedly. They should be in the top 25 and are not. And the other team that I thought was interesting, too, is Ohio State, just because they did have a really good week, and you saw all of these teams entering, right? This is one of the most chaotic weeks from a poll standpoint because everybody's playing so many games against good opposition that you lose one to a team you're supposed to lose to you catch a bad break and all of a sudden you're one and two and tumbling down the poles or you're Florida Atlantic and kind of right the ship or Villanova put yourself back in the conversation by winning one of these tournaments so you know the fact that Colorado State is ranked and Memphis and Ohio State aren't makes me scratch my head a little bit. Now, obviously, Colorado State has an excellent win, and they did something that you and I didn't think was possible, which counts for a good deal. I was surprised that both Ohio State and Memphis still got left out. Yeah, I think for Memphis, I might 
just be one of those things where the thing that we remember is it's it's much more difficult to remember the body of work from the week when you have a sour taste in your mouth after their their Villanova performance. But for a team that was knocking on the door two weeks ago, that's probably, you know, if they were 32nd or something to that effect, then sure, just on the outside looking in, I don't have a real problem with that. But uh, for a team to, to, I think, show more than what they had the week before in Memphis and, and still not get in was was surprising to me for sure. Yeah. On the w- Go ahead. It, it, they just didn't take a jump and get rewarded for a really good week because mm-hmm. they were still in the vicinity anyway. That's Yeah, that's the best way to put it and the part I don't understand. On the women's side, South Carolina, all 36 per- first place votes. It's been a little bit of a carousel near the top of the women's top 25 early in the season, but it's clear that South Carolina is the best team in the country uh, and UConn and Colorado dropping out of the top five in this week's poll. Yeah. And NC state continues to do their thing. They're up to fifth, perhaps the best resume in the country right now with some of the wins that they've piled up. We're fantastic at paradise jam USC Juju Watkins up to six, just keep picking up wins. Mm-hmm. The other one that's interesting for me, yeah, because there wasn't as much movement at the top because the you had a couple. Th- I mean, you still had UConn and Colorado drop out of the top five, but it wasn't quite as much as you may have saw on the men's side with Marquette beating Kansas and then losing and Purdue going undefeated. There was just a lot going on there. Mm-hmm. South Carolina is just doing South Carolina things, but the other team here, North Carolina, loses to Kansas State which no shame in that. That's a top 25 team that just played Iowa pretty well and Florida Gulf Coast. So you drop six spots and, oh, by the way, up next is South Carolina. Mm -hmm. So that's the other interesting part for both of these is that you don't really, from at least some of these teams, the ones in the ACC and the SEC, you don't get a breather here. We've got plenty of top 25 matchups, plenty of challenging games, really good games this week. So it's not like you get to take a little bit of a break and you've got a couple home games you should win as you gear up for conference play. You've got teams playing conference games and you've got top 25 matchups here this week. So we're going to have more movement next week, as always. On the men's side of things, the biggest development in the sport on a relatively slow Monday night was a 78-76 win for the Oakland Golden Grizzlies inside the CentOS Center against Xavier. Like I said, a 78-76 victory. And at Oakland, after knocking on the door several times, they were close against Ohio State, close against Illinois, uh, have a loss to Drake as well. They they finally kind of got over the hump early in the season, and it was at the expense of Sean Miller's Musketeers. Yeah, good for Greg Campy in Oakland. Always happy to see that they always put a good game on the floor when they play these big East, specifically big 10 teams, obviously being in Michigan, they play a lot of big 10 teams mm-hmm. always. I mean, he's been there 40 years. It's just a cool thing. I'm just really happy to see them get this win. And, you know, Xavier did have a lead open goes on a 10 2 run to kind of take control late, then misses the free throws. So Dalen Swain has a half court shot to potentially win it. at The buzzer doesn't go in. 
it was a back and forth game, but ultimately Oakland had the best player on the floor. That was Trey Townsend, 28 points on 11 of 18 shooting, seven to six, seven assists, six rebounds. And it's not great when Desmond Cloud scores as many points by himself as the rest of the starting lineup. Now the bench was good for Xavier. And this is obviously a young team with transfers and a bunch of new pieces that is not as talented as last year and is not as cohesive as last year. So it's not stunning that an experienced Oakland team with a guy like Rocket Watts, who's played in two different high major programs, is able to get this kind of win. And I mean, the one the one win Xavier had to hold as kind of the thing sort of keeping this shaky resume together was that St. Mary's win, and that's not looking great now either. Yeah, we've talked plenty about Desmond Cloud probably not quite equipped to be the guy on a night-in, night-out basis in general. When he gives you 24 on 7 to 14 shooting and goes to the line 12 times, you have to beat everybody. Like, if you want to put together a resume that can can get you to the NCAA tournament, um, I pat Oakland on the back all you want to. Xavier should never lose this game, with all yeah. due respect to Oakland. And they probably should... You know, when when Cloud is is as good as he was, you you got to be better than this, or it could be a long season for Xavier. Yeah, it wasn't like Oakland was breathtakingly good mm-hmm. that you just went all the. They just had themselves a day. I mean, they played really well, not to take the win away from them, but there are certainly things Xavier did to contribute to this loss that Sean Miller is going to be frustrated with. Last but not least, on this Monday evening. We had an interesting game developing in Evanston this evening. At halftime, Northern Illinois led Northwestern 42-41, to and then the Wildcats turned on the Jets in a very real way in the second half. Boo Booey, 23 points, 7 assists, couple rebounds, 8 of 11 shooting, 4 of 5 from the three-point line. The guy who's supposed to be the best player on the floor in this game was just that, especially in the second half. And a Northern Illinois team that's granted everybody and their mother is beating DePaul uh, at Wintrust right now, but Northern Illinois was one of them. And, uh, you know, a solid Huskies team that, you know, was probably a little bit threatening to Northwestern coming into their building tonight. But uh, Boo Booey able to take care of business with the help of 14 points from from Ty Berry, another 15 points from Matthew Nicholson, and Northwestern takes care of business. I was intrigued by this one because Northern Illinois' sole loss is at Marquette, which everybody gets a pass in that game because Marquette should not lose a home game all season. So it was at least interesting to see right what kind of elevating here right? Taking steps. Okay. DePaul is one step. Can you go the next step and beat a team like Northwestern? And for 20 minutes, it looked like the answer might be yes. And then the other 20, it was a hard no. (laughs) So credit to Northwestern for making this not interesting by the end. I mean, 22 assisted field goals of the 34 that they made. That's really, really good. Boo Booey did his thing. Like you said, it was a really good offensive performance and a really good defensive performance in the second half from Northwestern. Is there a lot to take away from this? No, probably not. On a typical night, we're probably not talking about this game, 
but it was at least interesting. It's a good test for Northwestern. And now you go from hosting Northern Illinois to playing Purdue. That's that's just the the, the gradual progression, right? Um, I think on the on the Northern Illinois side of things, this is year three of Rashawn Burno. He took over a team that went three and sixteen in the COVID year. First year he went nine and twenty-one. Second year he was thirteen and nineteen. Uh, a, a step up from Kim Palm, you know, each of those two years. And after finishing 250th at Kim Palm last year, they're at 147. At least they were heading into this game. You have to think that that's going to be a record that they're going to improve on the 13 and 19 from a year ago. So, Berno in the Mid American Conference, you know, moving in the right direction with that Husky squad. It was kind of interesting. Yeah. When I checked Ken Palm, Oakland and Northern Illinois were right next to each other. Mm. So, Destiny. There you go. Anything else? Good, good stuff coming these next couple days. I'm excited. Lots of interconference matchups that will uh, that will bring a loaded agenda to the Under Eight Podcast throughout the rest of this week. That is the Under Eight Podcast for Monday, November 27th. It is just after 10 o'clock on Monday night. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your shows. Follow the Under Eight Pod on Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube, and we will see you right back here tomorrow.